You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Well, everybody, thanks for coming back to the Hunters Advantage podcast. This is episode number 86, if I'm not, yeah, that's right, 86. And today we're joined by Josh from The Hunt Critic. You guys might have seen him on, on TikTok. That's where he's kind of blowing up at the moment. But thanks for thanks for joining us, Josh. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me, man. Seriously. Yeah, so uh, I guess we could start off here. I know you're The Hunt Critic. I haven't heard any background of kind of how you even grew up in, in hunting. What, what was that like? Like, how did you kind of get started in all this? So, uh my hunting career, I guess you could say, had two kind of uh, short bursts. One I'm still on. The one was when I was a kid. So when I was growing up in Ohio, um, I started getting into hunting about five years old, real young. I mean, just a kid because my dad hunted, but his dad didn't hunt. So they had, you know, someone taught him and they had an agreement where they would go hunt on his land and stuff like that. And so I kind of grew up with that. I, you know, I sat in the blind didn't do a whole hell of a lot. It was just kind of like really bored as a five-year-old, you know, you can only keep a five-year-old's attention for so long. Yeah. But I'd say it about, I mean, there were, there were blips of time where I would kind of like get into it, fall out of it, get into it, fall out of it. And that happened until I was about 12 and then kind of stopped for a while. Just wasn't interested. Didn't really have that much like, I don't know, aptitude toward it. And then I was in high school and I dated this girl that had no idea, unbeknownst to me, her dad was like Mossy Oak Pro Staff and had a lease that's in this house I'm in now is 500, 500 feet behind my house, just a lease, literally just of hunting land. And so that's kind of how he and I bonded. We would just, you know, go hunting all the time. And that's really when I kind of just like dove into it completely. And that was about, I was about 16, 17 years old then. So I've been, uh, I've been a, just a, a nut for hunting deer since then so i'm 20 now so it's been it's been a good while been a good couple of years but yeah yeah so the last four or five years you kind of just been crazy about it when you say when you say hunting like our, our brand's hunter's advantage so that's fairly broad what kind of hunting yeah. do you like to do so, um specifically my specialty is whitetail i love hunting whitetail deer there's just i don't know a lot of people say that's basic it's just there's something about them i love i just love chasing them but i also don't limit it to that you know I've also, I'm a huge, I'm the squirrel murderer, you know, like I just love hunting squirrels. It's probably my second favorite and small game, stuff like that. Turkeys every now and again, but, um, looking into other stuff, always open to hunt more stuff like that, but mainly whitetail. No, that I'm, I'm with you too. I mean, I've been doing a few of the TikTok lives recently and like, it's like, seems like every fourth or fifth question is like, what do you like to hunt the most? Yeah. And it's like, every time I'm like, white-tailed deer with a bow and like come on give me something else I'm yeah. like, i can only talk about what i've done yeah do you like do you like hunting them with a bow or with a rifle or what, what do you do the um, most of? i like the best of both worlds so um obviously i love hunting them with a bow but hunting them with a bow is not the easiest way to hunt them which is why i have the most respect for bow hunters but i also don't you know i don't not respect guys that hunt them with rifles even though they're hitting them from like two football fields away but uh i like personally I like hunting with a shotgun and walking through the woods with a shotgun because you kind of have to still be close, but you're also, you know, you can hit them a little further than you could with a bow. So that's my personal favorite. You know, a lot of people get mad at that, but I love hunting with a shotgun. That's my favorite way to hunt deer. Does Tennessee have a shotgun season? 
So they have a gun season. So we have bow, uh, muzzle loader, and then we have technically gun, which is usually rifle. But if you catch me out in Tennessee gun season, more often than not, I'll probably be carrying a 12 gauge. So, dude, that's awesome. I have a I have a buddy named Gabe. He he hunts in Ohio a lot, and he sent me some Snapchats this last season. It was just a, a 12 gauge, no sight on it, open sights. And he's like, I'm deer hunting. I'm like, what do you mean you're deer hunting? Because we don't have, in Oklahoma, Texas, we don't have a shotgun season. Like, that's like a Midwest thing. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell are you hunting with a 12 gauge? And he's like, deer. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, yeah, I got about a 70 yard range with this thing. And I'm like, yeah, dude, there's crossbows that shoot farther than that shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Ravens. Ravens shoot farther than that from what I hear. But yeah, uh, it's. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I hunt the same setup. A lot of kids will have like a shotgun, and it's at least in Ohio, that kind of Midwest area. It's like your grandfather's shotgun. You're just hunting with that. Like, I love it though. There's nothing like it. Did you do any like deer drives or anything like that growing oh, up? Yeah. I feel like that's oh, a big yeah. Midwestern oh, yeah. thing. I love that's my favorite kind of hunting, actually, is uh, deer drives because you don't, you know, the further south you get, the less and less they happen. And so some got like, it's kind of like switches. There's like, you do your drives and then you get like at a certain point, like North Carolina and those guys run dogs. And then a lot of people run dogs down here, but I love, that's how I grew up was deer drives. So yeah, they're definitely, uh, they hold a special place in my heart for sure. It's my favorite kind of hunting. It reminds me of like waterfowl hunting in a way. Like you, you don't have to be super quiet. You got one guy trying to be loud and, and rushing deer out. Like it's, it seems yeah. a little bit more like, uh, conducive to like bringing people and having uh, just having a good time yeah uh, it's it there's methods to go about it so the only person that's really like just super loud is just the driver and that's mm-hmm. actually optional so you can choose to be loud which i would always recommend but i've been on drives where it's just a silent driver and then there's different methods and all kind of stuff like that but if you're on stand which most people are because not many people just know the whole land to drive if you're on stand you got to just kind of stand there behind a tree and just kind of chill out be quiet stuff like that but it's a hell of an experience. I mean, you got to try it, man. It, it's great. It's great. If you go on a good drive, it's amazing. We've actually done it a few times in Oklahoma, just like at the end of the season. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to walk this entire place out. Like, we don't care what we scare out of here. I've actually shot a couple deer on a deer drive before. I'm telling you, man. And, like dude, it. it's so awesome with a with a rifle because, like, you have to compensate for the deer running. So, like, I was putting that in front of the chest, like, right even with its nose with, like, a 30-30. I shot one and dropped it on a deer drive. I was like, dude, this is this is awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, imagine that with a shotgun, though, and you're only, like, you know, realistically, they're not even going to get 20 yards close to you. So, you're, like, 30, 25, 30 yards you have an actual shot. It's great. I love it. Do you guys run sights on your shotgun? Is like, completely um, open sight. I don't. I don't. I just look at the little bead, but that's just how I grew up, you know. Dude, that's awesome. The, the idea of like hunting with a shotgun for deer—it's—it's it's crazy to me. I mean, what what's your range on a shotgun? My shotgun—I don't yeah. shoot farther than I don't shoot farther, and a lot of people will be like, what "The hell!" But I don't shoot farther than thirty yards, just because I like being close. I like being right there next to him. And I didn't actually like shoot a deer on a drive until this past season, which was like insane because i've never usually you're like you know you talk a big game you're like yeah man you know i saw this deer right in front of me i'll have my gun up it'll be so quick that's not how it happens at all they're so fast you've seen deer run full clip they're so quick especially if they're that close to you by the time there are you see them like your gun better be up or you're gonna miss an opportunity to, to hit one and so this season i had an opportunity where i hit one at like 20 yards which was awesome but she was running full clip so it was uh it's a it's a thrill ride for sure it's a thrill ride. 
what I thought was cool was when I first started doing deer drives, like I've done a few of them with my uncle and stuff is he was saying, if you're aiming at the deer, you're like missing, like yeah. if you're aiming like mid body, like you're shooting yeah. behind it. I'm like, dude, this, this rifle is like over 2000 FPS. There's no way I'm missing behind. It. He's like, no, seriously. Like that thing's running yeah. probably 30 or 40 miles an hour. Oh yeah. You gotta, it's almost like leading the dove. I can't compare it to ducks. Cause I haven't duck hunted before, but you have to like, when you lead a dove, it's like leading a bird. You just gotta go kind of where they're at, not where they're going to be, not where they're at, if that makes sense. Dude, you, you haven't been duck hunting before? No, but I have. Uh, we'll talk about it later probably, but I have so many waterfowl friends that are trying to get me to do it. So I caved. I'm going to do it either this season or the next. But, yeah. What about what about turkey? I know Tennessee has some good turkey hunting. I know Ohio has some good turkey hunting too. Are you into that? Uh, Yeah. The turkey's a little bit in the air every year just because I don't ever – Memphis has a really bad – I'll get into this. Uh, Memphis has a really bad problem with turkeys. It, either you know where they are or you don't. Like, there's mm-hmm. no in between. And that's partially because just of the coyote problem. Like, there's a lot of them, and a lot of people don't do anything. Five years ago, I'd be here – it would be really – when I was in high school, it was really rare to see one. I was like, wow, you know. Now, I mean, you see one every week somewhere on the road. If I go out of my house, I can hear them howling at night. Like, it's, there's just – more and more and more and more and more and another thing that contributes to that problem is lack of management before turkey season so like a really good way to save poults because poults are the most vulnerable you know you're not going to have a turkey if you don't have a poult a lot of people would at least that i know ethical managers or whatever of turkey land they really advocate for trapping like ground nest predators or just predators in general and so but not a lot of people do that here just because trapping has such a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. So Tennessee is suffering from that this year because at least where I'm at, our three limit bird or three bird limit every year is now down to two. They're trying to be more conservative with it because they're trying to save the turkeys because no one's really implementing. There's not, there's not a whole lot of information about let's implement so we can keep turkeys, you know, maybe even raise our bag limit. Instead, it's more like, let's just involve people in the outdoors, which is great. Like, I love that. But I wish there was a, a bigger uh, bigger push for educating hunters that are already into the outdoors. Because there's nothing more powerful than an educated hunter. You know, there's nothing more powerful. So I wish we had implementation and stuff like that. But other than that, you know, it's finding a place to actually turkey hunt where there are turkeys that are regular. But not impossible, but not easy either. So, what's funny is our uh, the Oklahoma season has actually just dropped from three birds to one. Wow, we can only kill one bird now, and we're a state that has Rios and Eastern, so you kind of yeah. got to pick your poison. You only get to kill one. Yeah, I mean, that's just crazy. It's just crazy to me. The just the lack of information being pushed to other hunters on let you know let's save these birds. You know, let's have. I feel like as as hunters, we are the biggest conservationists there are, but there's no real push for turkeys. They focus on deer. They focus on ducks. They don't focus on poults, and poults are really, really important. Like, it's just insane to see that play out. What kind of, when you're talking about, like, ground nesting, uh, like predators, what what exactly are you talking about? Raccoons, minks, stuff like that, Um, possums, anything that would just go into a nest and eat eggs while they're still eggs. So... It, even birds. I mean, it's just you got to really just watch out for the nest. Anything that would kind of just eat an egg or go after a poult, stuff like that. Your main scavengers that you would see in the woods. Yeah, I mean, it, turkeys kind of have it 
like right off the bat they're they're kind of like doomed they're a burger that can't really fly that well yeah and they're i mean the poults are so freaking small mm-hmm. and all they have is their their mom to protect them i mean there's not much they can do no no not I mean, really yeah i it, that's exactly the point you know it's just really sad they're basically doomed to fail from the get-go you know i would feel and even white-tailed deer don't have it that great but i would feel i'd put more money on a fawn surviving at least a year than a pole like i don't even know this percentage but i guarantee you there's just there has to be a crazy number of poles that just get lost every year out of the whole like clutch of eggs I was watching an NWTF. Uh, I think that it was either the CEO or, or one of the representatives was talking about it. And I think he was saying that a poult has like a one in eight chance of surviving like seven yeah. out of eight. Die. Yeah, it's it's a ridiculous. I mean, they're like the sea turtles of the bird family. Like it's just ridiculous. But it really it, that really stinks, though. I mean, turkeys are so they're so fun to hunt. I mean, but I and and it sucks because they only have a three to four year like life cycle. So like a three year a three year old bird is an old bird a four-year-old bird's a really old bird and then you, you think about it like if you had a, a bad hatch one year you have flooding one year like in two years your turkey hunting could literally be like almost non-existent just yeah. because of that swing yeah weather predators um drought stuff like that natural disaster it's ridiculous like so many they literally the world is out to get them i just i really feel for them yeah well and and they gobble like, yeah. and they tell you, I'm right here. Yeah. Come, come get it. It's like, they're just, they're really just doomed to fail. Oh man. They really are. But I'm dude, I have some buddies that are just absolutely crazy about hunting turkeys. Like oh, yeah. one of my buddies knocked off five what five Midwestern States in a month, like a couple yeah. of years ago. He's crazy about yeah, the turkey the right there. Wow. Dude, he was driving like. He'd get off on Friday. He'd drive like eight or nine hours up to Michigan. He lived in Iowa. And then he'd hunt for one day, kill a bird, and drive home. Wow. Yeah, just a, just a monster. Yeah. I don't have that kind of drive for turkey. No, me neither. Me neither. Maybe one day I'll try to grand slam them all, but not in a, you know, not in a hurry. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. I'd rather hop from state to state hunting whitetail. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That and ducks, just because, I don't know. Everybody, everybody and their mother wants to go duck hunting. So, but yeah, that's insane. Yeah, he's a wild man. Yeah, I think hunting like a couple states for whitetail is crazy, and yeah. you know. But if you're if you're a single guy like that, you you can go do something like that. I mean, you're not going to have any good sleep, and your mental health's going to suck. But I yeah. mean, you're going to get you're going to get some turkey. Yeah, you're going to have a pretty good batch of stories to tell. You know, if nothing. Mm-hmm. More. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, what? So, what? What's your plans for this season? I mean, do you plan on jumping around for whitetail at all, or, or um, stand in Tennessee, or what's up? I'd like to. I'd like to jump around for whitetail. I'm gonna really just kind of go all in this year and just bow hunt, and that's all I'm gonna do. I'm not even gonna try and do a drive this year, which sounds like insane. Like me a year ago, be like, what are you doing? Like, but I'm really just trying to just dive into the whole bow hunting scene, stuff like that. But as far as I know, it's just Tennessee and Ohio, but there are a couple of spots that are kind of maybe in the works that I'm not, I'm not definite on anything, obviously, but I'm definitely, I know Colorado in a year from now, but most of my season this season won't be anywhere cool. Like I'm planning for a year from now for all my like super cool hunts, moving state to state, stuff like that. But this year is just going to be boring, you know, cause I'm just working on this and I have a, you know, a full-time job and stuff like that. But 
in a year from now, it'll be cool. I'll have a better story to tell a year from now. Well, if you free up some weekends or something, I know a really good over-the-counter uh, state that's got some big bucks. Oklahoma's a, a pretty good one. Not not too far of a drive from you either. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll take you up on that. I'll take you up on that. We got we got some good public land down in southeast part of the state. Pretty remote. I mean, if you're if you're fine like living with some hillbillies and some weirdos for a little bit. That's how I grew up. It's fine. <laughs> so let's transition here a little bit. So I know you have the the hunt critic in your name. That's how I kind of found out about you, and I guess has been the summation of our relationship so far. But yeah, what can you tell me about kind of starting the hunt critic? Like where where's that come from? Um, it's a funny story. How, how did it start? It's a really funny story. So uh, there's a really big influencer on TikTok, and I hate that he's so big, but uh, his name's Reed Dupont, and he's a trust fund baby. Like Jeff Gordon drives the Dupont car, like that's his family, mm. and he owns a high fence in uh, a high fence operation in Texas. And I just, I don't know, ethics wise, you know, at the end of the day, we're all hunters into each his own. But I will never ever understand the point of a high fence operation. I just think it's asinine more than anything else, just because you're, you're going to a deer zoo, you're, you're shooting somebody's pet. Like, and one of the, my very first video that ever blew up and I'll get to talk about it here in a second was talking about that basically. So, uh, he's super big on TikTok. I was just like a nobody, like minding my own business. It was just super passionate about hunting as a hobby. And I saw this video where someone basically like it was a trend or something. And he was like high fences at hunting. And he was like, huh? And I was like, Oh dude, I was like, this is no enough's enough. And so I, uh, out of spite, like did a uh, stitch to his video. And I basically said, what the hell is the point of hunting high fence? I was like, one of the most magical things about hunting an animal is the like the self, gratification you get from knowing I outsmarted him at his own game on his, like on his turf. Like I, you know, I win. Ha ha. You know, I get to touch you now. Like no one's ever touched you before, but now, you know, it's me, you know, I, I outsmarted you. And that's like a really cool reward of hunting is knowing that. And like a tag in its ear defeats the whole purpose. It's like somebody beats you to the, put to the punch. Like, well, you know, what's the point now? You know, someone's already been there. It's not special to me anymore. You take, you've taken away that reward from me. And so I just kind of said that I was real late at night, real late. And it was like, cause I was in college at the time and it was, uh, Oh God, it had to be like two or three in the morning. I saw that video. I was just like up in the middle of the night and my girlfriend at the time was sound asleep in our bedroom in our apartment. And I just started going off. I was like, man, it's just, you know, yelling in our bathroom. And she came in and she was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, relax. It'll, I'll explain it in the morning. Just go back to bed. And so she left me and let me finish my video. But then I saved it like for the morning to show her. And I really have her to thank for it. We're not together anymore. But, you know, I really have her to thank. Uh, she was like, man, you should post that. Because I was really nervous. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I'm qualified. All this stuff. And I posted it and then we went to go check deer cameras or I think maybe even put them out. Like it was real late in the season too. I think it was checking them. It was September. And uh, I looked on my phone, hadn't looked at TikTok all day. I just posted that video in the morning and just not thought about it. And then it had like, it was like, your video has 11 and a half thousand views. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then that happened. And then people, you know, people always comment something negative. There's always going to be someone comment something rude. 
And so I was like, okay, like game on, like I'll play your game with you. So then I would like respond to people and was like, you know, this is stupid and you're wrong. Like, I, you know, very childish, but I wasn't above it. But um, then that kind of transitioned into what do you think about this? You know, this is what you think about high fence. What do you think about hunting with dogs? Like, tell us what you think. And then that kind of picked up pace and I kind of got one video after another video after another. And then it turned into, Hey, you know, these are my reviews and my hot takes. Cause this is what I do, you know, like, you know, kind of that gimmick, but I just started asking people, let me know what you want to see next. Ask me a question, send it in the Q and I'll do a video on it. I don't care. And then every once in a while I'd get lucky and get like a stitch or something that I could do. But yeah, that's basically how it all started. So did you, did you like develop the name, the hunt critic, like after a while or did, was no, it like always that name? So I'll, I'll put even more background to this. So I guess it's a lie that I wasn't like a, a nobody, but before I had the hunt critic, I had this like failed outdoors company. It was real. It was, it makes me laugh now, but um, I had like this account where I would just post videos of other people's like films of deer. So like one of them was like jury outdoors is Goliath. And I was like monster buck in three, two, one. And it would just be one of those videos, which are cool and all, but there's no, you're not getting a lot out of that. And so I was like, man, um, I actually had met a creator that I'm still friends with on the hunt critic. I had met him before on my other account. Uh, his name's Mason Sims from black Hour retriever. And he was just, he was just start like stirring the pot with everybody talking about like dogs and stuff like that. It was like, man. And I was like, I want to do that. I was like, I want to, you know, say something like that, be brave, you know, like stir the pot a little. And so I was like dying to figure out a name. I was like, man, I was just weeks ruminating, trying to come up with something. The problem in the outdoor community is if you come up with a name, odds are somebody already has that. Like it's already somewhere else. Yeah. And so I thought I was like the hunt critic. I was like, I can just, and it was not even supposed to be what it is now. It was supposed to be like a man on the street type of interview on my college campus. And it just never turned into that, which I'm grateful for. But it was kind of like, hey, you know, have you ever gutted a deer? No, damn it. And then walking up to somebody else, you know, just speed interviews. Mm-hmm. And I just was sitting one day and I was like, the hunt critic. I was like, I can, you know, maybe I can do at people like they do with the headphones because that was big at the time. I was like, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe that's, you know. And I came up with it and I posted the ugliest logo. I don't know how I came up with it. It was real ugly. I like tried to spell like do something with antlers and just was weird looking. And my girlfriend at the time was like, that's, that's absolutely horrifying. Go make another logo. And so the one you see now, I literally, before I made that video, I pasted it together, pieced it together on Canva in like five minutes, just coming up with something. I was like, let's just make it simple and look cool. And I've been running with that ever since. Dang. That's, (laughs) I love that it was, it was supposed to be something else and it turned into the hunt critic. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I, you know, I'm blessed. I, I can't say that enough. I'm just really blessed to be in this position that I am. It's insane. Six months ago, you'd have told me, yeah, you'd be running this huge account on TikTok. I'd be like, no, I'm not. Like, quit, quit uh, BSing me. And then here we are. It's just, it literally happened overnight. It's crazy. Dude, I'm with you on the on the failed accounts and stuff like that. We've had two or three different names like you know you try to come up with one that's like outdoors on the end of it you know everybody wants to be the next outdoors and just like eventually like no like nobody's gonna stand out like no one's gonna care if you're just trying to be like everybody else and that's that's one thing that i admire about your your page is it's really it's a little different you know i mean you don't see a lot of people doing that and 
given real honest opinion on some controversial things, but not really. I mean, I don't think they're that controversial. I just think a lot of people don't have the stones to be like, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. That was another thing too. When I first started, I was like so scared because I had, I had had TikToks before I had it like two or three times and I'd had big videos, but then, you know, most accounts you'll go viral once and then you'll stop. Like you take the algorithms like, yeah, you had enough. You got to be consistent with it, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, man, man, how am I going to be apart from the crowd? I know this, you know, I've learned this now. How am I going to step out? How am I going to be different? How is this going to happen? And it happened on its own. And like, I didn't even plan for it to happen that way. And it's kind of weird. It's really, really weird. Cause I was like, you know, I'll just do this. I figured there were other people that did that. And it's like, I'm like this unicorn, like no one, no one does it. It's like, I just kind of just took it and ran with it, but it's insane, man. It's insane. It's insane. I can't say that enough. I think that differentiate is kind of a word that, that comes to mind a lot. I think that's what people are, a lot of people are focused on yeah. in the outdoor industry. Like what's something that I can do that makes me different is, you know, the, the loud kind of opinionated, is that kind of just, that's just you. Is that why it's so easy for um, you to make these sort of videos? Um, or like, do you have to kind of like get into a persona? No, I, I would tell you very much so that I am the same person off camera as I am on. The only difference being, um, because I'm a pretty laid back guy. If you join the lives, I am not like angry. Like, I think that's a lot of people misread the videos. Just, yeah. Ah! But uh, I just say I'm very, very passionate about uh, deer hunting. And I am the guy that like, you know, I won't argue with you about a lot. Really nothing, virtually nothing. But if you talk about deer in the outdoors, like, oh, I'm your huckleberry. Like, I will die on that hill too. Like, I just... I don't know. I'm just very like, it's this way. And I just feel really strongly about whatever it is I decide to do. And so I just, I don't know, I guess it's just the passion I have for it all just kind of comes out and I'm just, it creates this larger than life persona in the videos, you know? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think that's, that's true. And I've, I've been kind of been going through some some stuff, like some of the the full-time filmmaker content, like just thinking about how to grow on social media, how to grow on YouTube. And it's like, if you just, if you just, you know, talk normally like you and I are talking right now, it comes across like three times as boring if yeah. you didn't like in a video. Like you have to like almost double or triple your enthusiasm and then it almost oh, yeah. looks normal on the video. Cause like when I talk, I'll record a, a whole 10 minute video and I'm like, I can use none of that because it literally, like, this is not entertaining at all. It's not yeah. engaging. It's yeah. interesting how you have to do that. Yeah. Uh, like it, I think I took inspiration at first from some of the big, just regular not even outdoors just viral people because they're always like just so in your face because i've read something somewhere that it's like one and a half seconds someone's already decided whether they're going to stick around your video or just scroll and so i would try to like get lucky every once in a while and get a stitch or a green screen something controversial would happen or people would tag me so you're already going to look at it because it's something crazy going on and then i'm gonna be like hey let's talk about this like right now and so then it's just i don't know it just kind of sets that hook and brings people in and it's crazy because you're right. Like stuff like this, I would never just post as much as I'd like to. People won't even look at it. They're like, eh, they're just the attention span is so short nowadays. It's insane. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good to know like your platform, right? Like this sort of content, no matter how engaging what we're talking about, um, this super like monotone, just normal conversational stuff. It doesn't really work on TikTok, even with people that have really big podcasts. It's like you go look at their stuff that this is really good. And then you look at their podcast clips. 
no one listens to it. No one, no one watches it. And it's like, but if you're on a walk with your wife or you're on your walk by yourself or you're taking your dog and you got your earbuds in, this is what you want to listen to because you don't have a visual, right? And it's just like understanding the platform. And that's kind of, I feel like you've done a good job of understanding it. Like you've taken that really interesting part of TikTok, like that's like bang, 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 bang. It's, it's always moving. It's really entertaining. And you've kind of applied it to the hunting genre, which is, which is really exciting. Like people want to watch those kind of videos. That's why I get on TikTok. I'm, I want to watch a hundred videos when I get on there. I don't want to watch one. Yeah. Hey, thank you, brother. Seriously. It's just, I don't know. It's just, there was no rhyme or reason to anything that I did other than I was just like, I'm going to do it. I was like, I don't know. I think it was just that first time and then learning. Cause the, I had an original account like in high school, I was just a loser that had one. Everybody had one. <laughs> and so I like posted one video and it was a deer hunting video. Matter of fact, it was like a stepbrother sound about like, you're dead. I saw you die. And it was like, put a batch out on a deer. It's like, well, I was just, I, was, I slowed my breathing down, you know, I'm a ninja. And so it had like a hundred thousand views. I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm a celebrity now. And then mm -hmm. every other video I made flopped. But I didn't have like a set genre. I was just like, this was an amalgamation of all this other crap from my, high, you know, I was a high school kid. But um, then when I started again, I had another video. My first, I think it was my first one again, just go really big. But then I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to have other videos already posted so that the, they can, if they want to check it out, there's already more stuff there. And I was like, okay, that brings them in. And it, I kind of got some feedback from that. I was like, kind of got some retention. I was like, okay, I'm kind of figuring this out. And then... I realized it wasn't working because it, it, it only got so big. It got, it's actually the account on my uh, TikTok, the hunt critic 2.0 is that was what that account used to be. And I changed it to the hunt critic 2.0, but um, just because it had, I got like 6,000 followers from it, which is cool. And it worked to an extent, but I wasn't getting anybody because they only cared about the deer, but I wasn't engaging. Like there was no, I, it wasn't anyone talking. It wasn't any of that. So then I was like, okay, okay, I got this. And I was like, I'm going to try it where I just say something. I was like, I don't really care about a whole hell of a lot, but I do care about this. Let's just see how this goes. And then here we are. You know, it's just crazy how it all unfolds. I think you made a really good point there. Um, like, I think you can post stuff. And I think you talked about it in your live uh, the other day a little bit. Like, you can post something that's funny and it's someone's going to like or something's going to view but if it's not you, if it's not you talking, you're not building any equity yeah. with the person that you're seeing. Yeah, I said that about creators that uh, I get into it with them all the time because we all know each other. Uh, what's crazy about outdoor TikTok is there's 200 accounts that have 10,000 or more followers. And pretty much everybody knows everybody. And if you don't, someone else does. It's literally like if you played six degrees, it would be a really easy game because we all know each other. But I said all the time, oh, shoot, my pencil fell. Anyway, um, I say all the time, I'm like, you know, I really don't like that you only use sounds. I'm like, if you only use sounds as a creator, I don't get the point of that. I'm like, you're only kind of half-assing it. Like, because I had a friend that was a creator, and I, I, obviously I won't name names, but they were complaining, like, man, it's so hard to make a video. It's so hard to do this. And I was like, Really? I was like, you're waiting for a trend to happen. You're waiting for the next sound that's popular so that you can think up something so that people can relate to it and then like it. I was like, you know, and then they were like, well, people ask you questions. I was like, that's the point. I was like, I'm waiting for someone to ask me questions. I get that, you know, maybe, you know, that's a good counter argument. But I was like, I have to come up with something to say. 
and answer it and hope that it's right and that people agree with it. Because a lot, of, you know, even if they disagree, it's it, it works. I realized that the hard way. But um, I was like, I still have to come up with something to say. I was like, no one really knows you if all they know you by is a sound. Like, if I've never heard your voice. Like, I don't connect to you as much. I can't relate to you. And I think people really enjoy something that they can relate to, like that they can really like that's tangible to them. And so when you're just sitting there using a viral sound, you miss out on that whole thing. That's like hundreds of thousands of people that you could have access to. Because if you're already, it's way harder to do a sound, in my opinion. It really is. Because everybody does sounds. But to stand out and do sounds, that's way more difficult than what I do. I just talk, you know. But if they would just utilize talking, you know, they'd be, they'd be huge. The outdoor community on TikTok would be huge. But it's like we kind of hold ourselves back in that way. So I just kind of, I don't know. I always kind of point out funny stuff like that when I notice it. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, I think it's fun to post a funny one every once yeah. in a while. If oh, it's like every third one. But if it's like every one of them, like I get on some people's profiles, they'll have 13,000 followers and I don't even know who they are. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen your face yet. Like you have all these followers no one no one knows who you are no one's connected to you and like not that you're trying to just monetize your audience but you really haven't built any equity with them where you could do anything with them there's you no can't problem. move them cross platform you can't do anything there's zero trust that's interesting how that works one i don't know do you follow like gary vaynerchuk at all yeah dude i love gary v because he was you're talking about sitting around like thinking about ideas like trying to create like one of gary v's things is he says like document don't create it's so like you, like you're waiting for someone to ask you a question and you're just going to give your honest response. You're not sitting there being like, what can I talk about? That's going to piss somebody off. What's what, you know, what, you know, you already have it, the content's there. And it's like, you're in a viral cycle of just like continual content coming your way because it's just, it's just organic. Yeah. It's I, like, it's like a hack. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I tried that at first, like the whole man, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to plan this out and it never works. It's kind of like hunting deer. If you plan out a deer, there's no way in hell you're going to you're going to have a harvest that day. Like you, you can never just estimate a deer. Like you can't estimate a video. I like just going into it just kind of blind and then like playing the cards that I have. And every day is different. It's never boring that way. You know, it gets really mundane if you're just like, "Damn. If if having an idea and being creative becomes a job to you, then you're going to hate it." Like that's just that's just life. If it just becomes like aggravating you to have to sit and think like you're going to hate what you do and you're going to fade out. But if you're just like, eh, you know, I'll just roll with the punches. Let's just go with the flow. You know, let's see what happens. No, no days are boring. I have no bad days just because I'm like, man, you know, something new happens. I get a new tag or a new mention or someone comments something or sends something in a Q&A and it's awesome. I love it. I love it. So there's a lot of people that are interested in growing in TikTok. I think it's probably the best platform right now for outdoor creators as far as the algorithm goes, yeah. like your ability to make instant impact. What advice would you have to someone that wants to get started on TikTok, wants to grow on TikTok as now, an outdoor creator? Yeah, I'm going to give the very honest answer because a lot of people sugarcoat it. And I've noticed that a lot, especially in our industry. It is very, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, kind of disclaim it right now up front because it's it is not easy at all by any stretch of the imagination you're essentially working on an app wanting to influence on an app that actively is like trying to wipe out our entire community that like doesn't want to see outdoor tiktok do well at all like i had a stint for a minute where i had over a month i couldn't get a video over ten thousand views because it would like process before it would post and so it would suppress views 
And it was just, you know, you can't prove it, but you know, it's happening and you've got to be really smart because you have to basically outsmart this app at its own game and continue to find ways around it. You got to be really flexible, but honestly, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. If I had to give any advice to anyone about just not even on outdoor TikTok, just on TikTok in general, be yourself, like be 100%. And it sounds cliche, but it, it's really not. A lot of people overlook that advice. And if I feel like if more people took that to heart, there would be a lot more people succeeding in just whatever they wanted to do. Because if you're unapologetically yourself, 100% yourself, if you're not anybody else, because it's so easy and I, we all get stuck into it. It's so easy to go, oh, he made a video like this. You know, let me compare myself to this creator and that creator, or this influencer. And you get caught in this rat race because you're 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 not chasing you. You're chasing somebody else. You can't be somebody else. You got to chase yourself. And so it's really easy to get caught up in comparing yourself and stuff like that. But if you're just yourself and, you know, having a personality helps. But if you're just 100 percent yourself, you're just you. People like that. You know, I, I used to do my, my major in college, surprisingly, was theater. And I used to have an acting professor that was like, you know, people can smell bullshit a mile away. They know whether or not you're you're genuine or you're not. They can just tell. And if at least if you're 100 percent yourself, people can relate to you. Someone's going to like what you have to say. Maybe not a lot of people, but at least one person. And if you just are consistent with being yourself, it just avalanches. People like real because there's our world is so fake. Like everything that you see on TikTok is just so, you know, that's just the way it is. There's so many, there's so many things that just aren't like as, as genuine and real as they could be that are really skewed views, especially in the hunting industry. We give really skewed ideas of what it's like. You know, they only see success. They don't see struggle. If you're just real, people will follow that 100%. Don't ever compare yourself to somebody else. Just be yourself unapologetically. That's my biggest advice because that's what works. And if it takes a while, it takes a while. You know, it just it's different for every person. No, I think that's great advice. What what were you planning on doing with the theater theater degree? Oh, I was going to be a famous actor, actually. Um, so that's a fun story. So uh, I acted all throughout high school. I wasn't a big sports guy, not huge into it at least, but I hunted, which was like really weird in that theater community. You know, that's a whole different they would not mesh well with like our outdoor TikTok community, if that makes sense, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I just was really into it. It was like an outlet for me. And so then I was basically of the impression that I was like, I'm going to be famous. I was like, I'm going to go to Hollywood. I'm going to be in a movie or I'm going to be in a TV show. And I had like super cool stuff to like back it up. Like I was in a Tennessee has like a performing, performing arts school for the summer. It's like a program. It's, governor's school for the arts i got into that there were only like not there were 900 that auditioned 33 that got in out of all those 33 i was the only one from west tennessee everybody else was middle or east like i you know i was carrying stuff i was breaking records in high school i won scholarships went to school for free like it was crazy it was a crazy time to be alive i really cared about it i cared about theater as much as i cared about hunting like it was just super cool and then i got into college and it was cool at first and then i was like mm, i don't like this environment you know it's not for me and so then, like, kind of in a way, but I was really, like, I was struggling with a lot of stuff mentally because I was like, you know, I don't have that outlet anymore. I need something, to, somewhere to go, somewhere to be. 
And that's what this kind of turned into for me as a new, a new sort of spotlight, but not like me having to worry about, okay, I can't have an opinion because you can't like, as an actor, you can't have any sort of opinion ever. You just listen, you're a machine, you know? And it's kind of the opposite of that. It's, I have this one opinion and everybody wants to listen to it, which was groundbreaking for me because that never happened at all. But it's a, it's a really awesome spotlight that I got to step into and this became my new thing. So, yeah. That's quite the shift. That's like a complete 180. Yeah. Yeah. So what a I you talked about TikTok being this platform that's kind of like working against us, which is really interesting to me because everyone wants to be on it because it's mm-hmm. like the best algorithm. It's the best way to oh, break yeah. out. But they're also against us, which to me as, you know, business owner, someone that has a podcast, someone that wants to drive people to YouTube to other places, like which what do you think the best way to drive people kind of off TikTok in a way to like connect with you in other places because I feel like that's really important because you can get banned for for stupid stuff on TikTok. Oh, yeah. I got banned three times this week, man. I got <laughs> two lives for misinformation, which I, I will hold myself accountable because I did say cougar hunting and we weren't hunting cougars, not mountain lions at least. But, Fair play. You know, but the other one I got my one of my videos banned for bullying and harassment. Like it's crazy. But um this is what I like my only regret doing TikTok. I wish I would have because I had a the Instagram, it was a diff, under a different name. It was my name and an outdoors account, which is stupid. I wish I would have linked it when I started. Because if you have instant stuff, it like I kind of hate seeing in a bio if you can have a way where you introduce yourself in your bio and you're just, you know, talk about yourself, but then you're like, follow us on here. You can get that in there if you can squeeze it in there. Cause you get you get like 80 characters, something stupid, something small. But if you can like do that. Just kind of just there, just because every you're not going to retain people that that like every video or even view every video, but you'll retain a really small. I'd say ten to twenty percent that will actually go on your page and hit it. And if they see that and they want it, and that they really enjoy your content, they'll hit it, they'll follow it, and you do it from the start, like do it from day one. Because my biggest regret, like number one, you don't even have to ask me twice, is I have, I'm blessed regardless i have sixty three thousand people that follow me on tiktok i have about 600 that follow me on instagram which is you know whatever i'll get that to grow at some point you know i'll advocate for that in some way i'll figure it out but um honestly just run everything together you know because you're gonna have a really hard time other than that die hard first like group of people i call them my regulars like the people that come in my lives that die hard group that just want to hang out and just see what you're up to all the time People just come and go. It's like a revolving door. Only so many of them are going to get in and actually do stuff like that. So you have to incentivize. And if that doesn't work, I would incentivize. Do giveaways. Do stuff like that. Be like, yeah, follow my Instagram. Like, you know, that's a that's a cop-out way to do it, but it works. You know, other creators do it all the time. But I would honestly just say have all your ducks in a row before you start versus, hey, I'm going to start this. And then, oh, wow, this is doing great. Now let me do an Instagram because then you don't, you know, it doesn't transfer over very well. That's what I'd say, dude. I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. I think you hit it right on. What's so? But so for the people that are listening, what's next for you as far as the the Hunt Critic podcast? I know that's one that's like a coming soon, yeah, sort of thing. Um, what's what's the status on people that want want to hear about that? Um, that's a great question. Got me on the hot seat now. Um, I don't know. I've been teasing that Joker since October of last year. Like, I've just oh, been, so it's coming quick. Oh yeah, I'm riding it out, you know, milking this cow for a while. But um, honestly, it's probably going to come about April. 
if I had to really guess, just because, and I don't even think we're going to have like a visual type deal like this, but we're going to have, it, it'll be audio at first, then I'll move on to visual just because, you know, people like hearing me shoot the shit, but uh, it's coming. I promise. I'm not, you know, I haven't forgotten about it. It's just life gets crazy every now and again. And I have to, you know, I have a job. I have to do this. I have to make content here. And then scheduling to sit down with someone and actually talk and then them be available and then having stuff to talk about. But it's going to come in April. We're going to do it all audio at first just to see how that plays out. You know, I'll figure it out. I have, I have faith in myself. It's coming. It's coming. You and a co-host or is it just, just you at first? Uh, or are you it'll, thinking? Be, it'll be just me. It'll be just me. Ryan um, Solo. I'll do it since day one, man. A lot of people, I had a girl, a really big influencer on TikTok. She has like a million followers that followed me. And I was like, wow, like, thanks for following me. She's like, I love what you guys do. And I was like, you guys, what are you talking about? It's just me. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, it's just me. Like, I'm the only, you know, editor, producer, all that crap. Like, it's just, you know, I'm only one guy. You can only do so much. But right. um, yeah, it'll be just me. The first episode, I already know who I'm having as guests. Uh, it'll be like a three person podcast just because when I first started going live, those are the two guys that always come into my live and that we had some pretty legendary moments doing that, but, um, quite a lot of controversy stirred up, but, uh, yeah, we're going to, it's just going to be different guests shooting the shit. Like we always do. It'll be like my lives, but hopefully people will listen and actually hang out instead of just, you know, squirrel. Yeah. Is one of them going to be Colby? Is, is that one of the guys? Colby would be, Colby would be a good one. Colby is actually Colby's the reason I got big. Colby's like, I've I'm heard not, the story. Yeah, I'm not joking. Like Colby's really the reason I have him to thank for everything. He, he denies it all the time. He's like, no, no, it's all you. It's all you. It would have happened anyway. I'm like, but no, it's like, it's you. Like you asked it, but um, he would be a cool like guest spot. Like he would be a cool, I, I would definitely do an interview with Colby, but it would probably be because I promised this from day one from, because the, it used to be me, Corey Smith, and then Mason from Black Tower Retriever. And we used to just get on live and just stir up controversy. Like some of the stuff we do, we got in TikTok beefs. We got banned for three weeks one time. We started an, a, a cyberbullying army against Bobby, um, against Bobby Guy. It was insane. Like we, just stupid stuff, just jackassing around on a live. And like people would just sit and watch and go do it. And it was just crazy. But those would be my first two guests on the podcast. And then it would just be literally, I love TikTok because it would just be the hundred people that I follow. Just pick one, just go. And then when I run out, find other people, you know, but you're making connections along the way. Everyone has someone else that they want to hook you up with. So that's what I think is really cool. And I've got some big names. I can't like say them all, but I've got some big names that I follow that follow me. I just have to find the time to schedule them. So it'll be cool. It'll be cool. It's just, it's in the works. It's still in the works. No, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast. There's, there was an interesting one I heard you talking about the, in the live. I think it was a few days ago. It was about someone um, potentially like buying out the hunt yeah. critic. Dude, can you tell me a little bit about that story? I wanted to get a little bit more in depth. So, um, when you don't I have to name names, by the way, no, I'm, I, I won't. But because uh, I still follow them, we're still good buddies. But uh, when I started, so it sounds vain, but I knew something was happening because I had like a couple thousand followers and I was having big accounts follow me. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why are you following me? I'm not as big as you are. I didn't understand, you know, a lot. I don't know as much as I know now, 
I guess. But I was like, man, something's got to be going on. And so I started, I actually know the dates by heart. I started September 14th, 2021. It was my first video ever. And I basically virtually got to a thousand, like in a day or two. Like it was crazy how fast I got there. And then by October 2nd, which was the headshot video, which is like, that's what I'm known for. But the video. Uh, yeah, the video. Um, it was October 2nd with the headshot video. And so in between that, I had like that week, I got a 5,000, which is like a huge deal. I was so like focused because like I said, I didn't know as much. I wanted to really get into the creator fund, which I didn't understand was a scam because like that's how they get your money. You know, you're not Charlie D'Amelio. You're not going to be making any money off of that. Yeah. That is to go live and get gifts. That's how you make money. Just an FYI for really listening. But um, I was like, man, I got to get to 10,000. I got to get to 10,000. I got to join the creator fund. I was like obsessed. And so that's probably what drives the TikTok, honestly, is just my obsession. I'm like, I got to get there. And so uh, I was like on live every every hour for hours and hours and hours. I'm talking like four or five hours at a time. Not like on off, on off. You know, it like, no, we're going to sit here all night and stay on live. I don't care if four people are in here because people just come in and out anyway. I'm just going to start saying, hey. And so I had just gotten 5,000. I was like, I'm halfway to 10. I got to get to 10. I got to get to 10. And I had already wanted to do the podcast. People were already saying, man, it would be really great if you did a podcast. And I was like, okay, you know. And this individual, this creator who was bigger than me at the time, I've had about 5,000 followers. He probably had about 30 at the time. So I was like, oh. You know, he's the authority here. And uh, I was very naive, very naive when I started. But uh, he was like, yeah, um, how about this? I know you want to do a podcast, and I really like what you do. So uh, how about I buy you out, and it'll be the Hunt Critic brought to you by so-and-so outdoors. And I was like, eh, okay, and, you know. And then he's like, yeah, you'll make uh, 30% revenue on this, you know, you because I'm providing everything for you. I get to pick the, the sponsorships. I get You get to pick the guests. You get to have, or he might've got to pick the guests. I can't remember. I have the text somewhere. But he's like, you'll have full creative control. You can do whatever you want. You can talk about whatever you want. But I get to control all this and this is how much money you'll make because you're not risking it. You're just having ideas. I'm providing everything for you. And I was like, stupid. I was like, oh, that sounds great. Was he going to give you like equipment and stuff or like? Yeah. Yeah. So he was going to send it all to my apartment that I was living in at the time. And it was like, yeah, you know, because I'm providing everything, you can only make 30%. And I was like, screw it. Yeah, whatever. I'm in college. I'm broke. Like, of course. And so then he had another offer that was, okay, you know, I won't own you, but I'll send you a microphone and headphones and recording equipment for a year. And we get to be the main sponsor. You get to send people to us every time you open up a podcast. And I was like, man, I really don't like that. I was like, I really, I don't know. It's not me. If you know me, I'm a very genuine person. Like, I don't like shit like that. I just think it's fake. And so I was thinking about it, like, really hard. Like, I was like, man, I was like, should I? Should I not? And my girlfriend at the time was like, what the hell is wrong with you? She's like, no, you're worth. She's like, you're worth more than that. And I was like. No, come on. This is this is what I always, I always wanted. This like we could start today. You know, a lot of people would probably be happier if I started then. But uh, I was like, man, you know. And she was like, no, absolutely not. You're not doing that. You're not going to be owned by anybody. And I was like, well, how about I just think it over? And she was like, fine. 
And so then I told him I was going to think it over. And we kept arguing, kept arguing, because I really wanted to. And she was like, absolutely, she should bashing heads back and forth like rams or something like it was just crazy we was arguing back and forth and so finally i just got so worked up i said fine and i went in the bathroom and colby asked the headshot question i recorded that video in one take and then i posted it and then it wasn't two minutes i, I lived in a one-bedroom apartment they're so small and so i was in our bathroom and i walked out to our couch and i looked on my phone and it went eleven and a half thousand views and i went and i turned my phone off I didn't want to know. I was like, there's no way. That was like in two minutes. I was like, there's no way. Like my phone's broke. That's what I thought. But I just turned my phone off. And then I woke up. <laughs> I woke up in the morning. I had 5,000 when I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. It's like, you have 15,000 followers. And your video has 700,000 views. And I was like, oh my. Like, whoa. Like, it was crazy. It literally blew up overnight. And then I sat there all day watching it like keep growing and keep growing because that's i love that about viral video when you have a really viral video you'll sit there and it'll just go do, 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 and you'll do it i remember i was at a fraternity meeting and i was like hey watch this i was like hitting my scroll page my updates and it was 99 plus scroll 99 plus scroll 99 plus he's like damn that's impressive i was like yeah it's pretty cool isn't it but uh i had i watched it hit a million I remember that. I remember sitting there watching. I was like, damn, it's close. It's 900,000. I was like, man, we're close. We're close. And then it hit a million. And then it like stopped going viral. And then it went re-viral. And then it went viral a third time, like three times. Because now it's at 2.4, I think. And it just like just kept going. And I was like, man, that's, you know, this is crazy. I will say when I hit a million, it wasn't everything I thought it was going to be. I was actually sad when it hit a million. I was like, damn. Cause I over like estimated it. I was like, man, yeah. You know, it's like everything else in life. You overshoot it. You like think that it's way better than it really is. I like had such high expectations for a million. Then it hit a million. I was like, what now? Like, but super crazy how that happened. Cause then I had 15,000 and then it just kept bumping up and bumping up and bumping up. I think I ended when it went viral last. Well, te- okay. When it went viral second, it was at 30,000, but I was making videos in between, but it's really a pain in the ass to do a viral video. Because then all your, it just go like it sucks up all the views of all your other videos. But sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes that's hurtful. Because then people will look at what you else you've been doing, and so then they'll go look. And if you've got a really big video, that's awesome. Because then all your videos will hit like ten thousand views. But it just sucks up all the attention of everything, and that's all people know you for. I would go live. There was I went live for like six months with well, not six months because I haven't been doing it that long, but uh, a while where it was only in the. It, What's wrong with headshots? Why are headshots so bad? That's all people would ask. That's why it's a joke now in the lives when people ask me headshots is because it used to be literally every question. And then it would be out of every five questions, one would be an actual question. The rest were all about headshots. And every comment on every video was about headshots. It was just insane. And so then it hit 30,000, the second one. And then when it it leveled off, it was at 50 because I was in Ohio that week. I was hunting. And then I took a break for a month. I was like, man, I can't do this. I went through some stuff. My girlfriend at the time had broken up. I was like, damn, you know, I'm down on my luck. And then I came back like January, like midway through January. And it was like I picked up right where I left off. And I've been doing that ever since. But that's why 60K was such a big deal this week is because I never truly like got to make a thank you video or giveaway for 50. So we celebrated 60. But it, it really did happen like overnight a lot of the time. It was crazy. 
It's just consistency. Yeah, it's, dude. Yeah. I love how you, you've been paying homage to, you've been like, I'm blessed like to be doing yeah, this. Like, I, I love that you, you say that all the time too. Like that's, that's really encouraging. Like, it's not like, Oh, I, I've been made, I've been super consistent. I've been putting in all the work. Like, you're like, no, I'm just blessed like yeah. to be in this position. I didn't even yeah. plan for this to, be, to happen. No, it's like it, one point in my life I was like, I was like, this is all me. Like, and yeah, maybe part of it was, but I can't do, especially on TikTok, like, like, like I said, it's easy to compare yourself to other people, like lives, especially. I don't get a lot of people in my lives. I get about 12, but I always say I'm like quality quality over quantity i don't care I, I don't care if you have 100 in your life those are just people that are there that aren't going to come back i was like i like the 12 that hang out and my regulars because they are regulars they'll come in and we have inside jokes on lives like it's crazy and i'm i just am very aware of the fact it, it's kind of like a no-brainer i don't understand how other people struggle with it honestly but it's like i literally couldn't do this if people didn't watch it like if you just decided hey you know what i'm not going to watch any of your videos anymore that would kill my account I'd, I'd stop doing videos tomorrow. People just decided, you know what? I'm tired of listening to you. I'm tired of hearing what you have to say. You're a one trick horse. I'm done. But they don't do that. They, they come back and I'm just grateful. They come back. I say it all the time on lives with gifts. Like people send me likes and gifts. I'm like, man, I don't need that. I'm just, I'm glad you're here. That's enough for me. I, the fact that I have your attention is just awesome. Like, and I seriously couldn't do it without anybody. You know, if people didn't interact with it, if people didn't come watch, if people didn't share and like it, comment, have conversations, get the discussions going in the comments, I couldn't be here. It just wouldn't happen. And so I'm very, very just grateful and blessed to be in the position that I'm at. Hopefully I get to stay in this position. You know, nothing's ever guaranteed, but I hope I get to keep doing this for a while. But, uh, just even more blessed that people just sit there and interact with my stuff. Cause I grew up like, no one cares what you have to say, man, shut up. And then now here we are. It's just insane. It's insane. I have, I have people that listen to thank for that. Yeah, for sure. So for people that are listening to this podcast from our audience that want to follow yeah. you, where can they do that on TikTok, on Insta? Yeah. So all that stuff, TikTok, Instagram and Snapchat. So they're all just one word, just the hunt critic, just all lowercase one word. Trust me, it's it's easy to find me. I'm just a big, angry, hairy guy. So, you know, but super easy. Just follow me on there, especially Instagram if you're really feeling generous, you know. But, uh, yeah. Well, dude, thanks for thanks for coming on again. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks I for having your I love your passion for it, man. Keep going. Hey, thanks, brother. Thank you for having me. Seriously. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.